0: Good morning, everyone. Today's reading is from Luke 22, verses 24 to 46. A dispute rose among them as to which of them was considered to be greatest. Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as my father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you, you, as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the cock crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. Then Jesus asked him, when I sent you without purse, bag or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. He said to them, but now if you have a purse, take it and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. The disciples said, See, Lord, here are two swords. That's enough, he replied. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, He said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew from about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed. Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Amen. Thank you, Helena, so much. Let's pray. Lord God, you say that your word is like a sharp blade that's precise in its application and that cuts through to the core of things. Lord, would you by your Spirit uh, come and speak to us, Lord, cut through distraction and uh, cut through those things which are, are in the way and come and form us more into the image and pattern of your Son, we pray in his name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ah, family, it's so good to be back uh, with you, and um, great to have an opportunity uh, to share from this passage, uh, from Jesus in Gethsemane. I just want to say thank you so much for your prayers. Holly and I have felt lifted up on your prayers over the last couple of months, Um, and also those of you who've sent messages of love and have helped out in practical ways. Um, It's been so appreciated. Thank you so much. Um, I I found uh, my life in this season has become quite a lot more limited uh, than it has been um, previously. As I said, as we've been saying and praying into, I've been uh, suffering with this, uh, this kind of eye infection, which affects the cornea, the kind of little lens bit at the outside of your eye, mists it all up so you can't see. And if you don't treat it properly, the eye goes blind. Um, and what I've been, the, the treatment they, they do at first is they put eye drops in, which is basically thinned down bleach. Um, so that's why, I, that's why I need to keep away uh, from crowds, because this, this eye, the surface is basically not there. Uh, And so, secondary infection um, can get in, Um, and you know. So I've had poor vision. There's been light sensitivity. Praise God, it's getting a lot better, Um, and we're on the right track. But uh, I've had a week. Ended up in hospital. Went into hospital for a checkup, and uh, was told, "Oh, we're going to we're going to keep you in," (laughs) you know, Um, which was rather unexpected. Um, And even since then, I've kind of each week I'm going back, um, being checked up. Doctors looking through their microscope. I've got a bunch of eye drops, one of which needs to be kept in the fridge, which means I can't really go very far <laughs> before I need to put it in the fridge or get, you know, get like a sandwich bag, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, for one of the weeks, I've signed off work, said, stay at home, and please don't use a screen. Please minimize your screen time. I said, oh, like an hour a day? And they said, no, no, just, just zero, <laughs> as little as possible. So. Um, And of course, you know, we've got Alpha that's running, ministries, really exciting stuff going on that God's doing that um, I haven't been able to be part of. I just want to acknowledge that this has been for a few weeks. um, There are those amongst us in the church family who have gone through and are going through so much more. Um, Those who have not been able to join us in person for, you know, over a year, and so you may even be watching on the live stream or watching back later, um, do hear our love for you and our prayers for you. So, I've been praying and reflecting a lot lately on living with limitation. Uh, you know, these seasons in life where we're restricted or weakened or prevented. It might be because of health or it might be because of something else. Um, and I really do believe God speaks to us from our passage this morning really deeply into this theme. So that's going to be our theme, our focus as we meditate on uh, this part of Luke's gospel. So the context is the last supper uh, has just been eaten and we pick up in the post-dinner discussion and uh, the disciples are they're in you know true form <laughs> arguing about who's the greatest and um, and Jesus kind of sorts them out, and they talk about other things. And then they go on to the, the late night prayer time in the Garden of Gethsemane. It, this is a rich and deep passage. It covers so many things. There's treasure and trouble here. You might have heard, uh, as, we, as, we, as Helena was reading, a bit about Jesus says, buy a sword. I think, what's going on there? We, we, we I'm not going to delve into that because that's a whole separate topic, but I did actually preach on a configuration of this passage about two years ago, February two years ago, um, 2022, and we did look a little bit into that then, um, and also it does continue uh, next time, so Eleanor may pick it up uh, when she preaches on this next time. Um, there's loads to draw out, but, but amongst which is this, this theme of how we deal with limitation in life. Um, This is for Jesus' followers like Simon Peter, for all of us who are, are about to, or Simon is about to deny and abandon Jesus. And it's also for Jesus himself as he approaches death on the cross. He experiences this limitation. I'd like us to look at two kinds of limitation that we experience in life. The first is limitation that comes through circumstances. These are things that happen to us. And the second is limitation that's through choice, things that we choose for ourselves. So first, let's look at limitation through circumstance. I mean, things can come out the blue, can't they, in life, that just knock us sideways and and they make the future uncertain. You know, the Garden of Gethsemane, we associate it, or I tend to associate it as as a place of of great sadness, and that is true. But did you know that Gethsemane was one of Jesus' favorite places to be? Um, verse thirty-nine. Yeah, do do open or grab a Bible to our passage as we have a look uh, just now. So, verse thirty-nine. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and we know that this is the place that Jesus liked to spend the night when he was uh, visiting Jerusalem. It was a place of rest, of prayer, of community it became the place of grief and betrayal. They claim the place of comfort in our lives can sometimes suddenly become the place of pain, can't it? You know, what do we do when the, the Gethsemanes in our lives are threatened or they seem to shrivel up or are spoiled? We actually, as, we, as the team was praying before the service, we... Uh, sense that uh, prophetic word that there's someone uh, amongst us who has experienced betrayal. Someone close to you has betrayed you, <laughs> and uh, how fitting. As uh, well, f- this passage speaks directly into this. Um, if that's you, oh, well, we'd love to pray for you, and um, just want to acknowledge the the pain. Um, of that situation for Jesus, because the Gethsemane was such a, a was such a lovely place for him, it, be- it made the agony so much greater. I mean, look at Simon Peter. He was on a spiritual high. He spent three years following, apprenticing to Jesus. He'd seen amazing things happen. He'd seen Jesus send him out, and God was doing amazing things through him. He was. He felt so devoted. Didn't He's so faithful. Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. But Jesus turns to him and says, Simon Peter, circumstances are about to change. They're about to suddenly change, and you're going to find yourself denying you ever knew me. The place of security for Simon Peter was about to be challenged, like limited in a huge way as Jesus is arrested and put to death so these these things can come out the blue, or they can be like a long term thing in our lives a long term like limitation and and these they don't knock us sideways so much as they can grind us down, and uh, they can make the future less hopeful for us. you know it could be a chronic or a lifelong health issue, it could be significant relationship breakdown, it could be Past trauma, it could be addiction, it could be sinful patterns in our lives. These things affect all of us. You know, we are human. We are limited creatures, and they do affect us. And the Bible's not uh, unaware of this. Saint Paul, the Apostle Paul, talks about the the thorn in his flesh that that he cried out to God to take away, but but uh, God allowed to remain with him because the grace of God is, is sufficient. Um, we won't go too much down this tangent, but uh, some have wondered whether Paul's thorn in the flesh was an eye condition. Uh, in Galatians, he says to them, you would have torn your eyes out and given them to me. Uh, and he writes, to see with what large letters I write my name. I don't know, but uh, I've been thinking a little bit about that recently. We don't know what Paul's thorn in the flesh is, but these things c- can be long-term in our lives. Some observations to encourage us. And um, the key verses here are 31 and 32. Just want to spend a bit of time sitting with them. Jesus says to Simon, 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 Satan has asked, or um, the Greek is a bit stronger than that, like demanded, to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith May not fail, and when you've turned back, strengthen your brothers. To sift wheat was to kind of you, you got in the, the, the wheat harvest, and you had to separate out the good stuff that you turned to flour from like the husks. You shake it vigorously, and this was done by hand in the first century. So, Satan's like a time of real shaking. Three things that we that we can draw out from these words of Jesus. The first is this, Jesus intercedes for you. Jesus intercedes, he prays for you and me. But I have prayed for you, Simon. God is for you. He is for us. No matter what the circumstances that we are going through, uh, no matter how limited your life feels, Jesus is for you and he is praying for you. Jesus is interceding for you right now at God the Father's side in heaven. Romans eight thirty four, Paul says this, Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Jesus prays for us. I wonder, when was the last time you let Jesus pray for you? It's as we take time each day to seek God. I, I don't know about you, I find it's very easy to come to Jesus and say, Lord, you know, please help me with this, and there's this on my heart, and there's this, and there's this. Um, and there's also a real disciplined, contemplative prayer of just letting God look at us, letting Jesus pray and intercede us. Could that be a, something we can grow in, uh, in our walk with the Lord? Let Jesus pray for you. Second, in these times of limitation, there's op- it opens up opportunities to be blessed. Jesus says, I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail, that you may be blessed. And you know, I've received so much blessing in this time over the last month being out of action uh, not being able to do very much for a time, not being able to even to read uh, or watch screens or anything. Um, I've received blessing from God. There's been lots of I've had lots of time and lots of quiet. Um, you know, especially when I couldn't read, um, a time to achieve less but become more, become more like Jesus, and that has been a gift. Uh, also receive blessing from others, as I said, so moving to be lifted up on your prayers. And our, the prayers, as the Bible says, the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. And that includes for healing and inter-situations. So let us pray for one another and receive that and ask for it. And you know, after our services at St. Paul's, we have prayer ministry. Come and receive prayer um, as, as we stand alongside each other and pray but also practical support. There have been those who've, I I can't drive at the moment, so those who've been shuttling me to Coventry Hospital and back and have been uh, just sending kind messages and supporting Holly and I and checking in with us. Opportunities to be blessed. But there's also, as well as that, opportunities to bless others in these times. Jesus says, when you've turned back, Simon Peter, strengthen your brothers. I think in that he's, Jesus is is speaking beyond Peter's denial to the faithfulness that's going to define his life. In this time, I've been able to give blessing as well. I've had so many Jesus conversations in hospital. I know when I got back from holiday, I was really excited. I shared from the front. It was great. Um, The eye doctor I was seeing turned out to be a Christian. It was amazing. Um, I've continued to have really great conversations with those who are Christians and those who are not. Hospital is a strange place because for two reasons, well, lots of reasons, two reasons that's a blessing and opportunity for Jesus' conversation. One is everyone's brokenness is really apparent. If you're there, if you're sat in the waiting room to be seen, you know, it's quite natural to say, basically, what's wrong with you? Um, And we share because... There's something wrong with both of us. Um, and also, everyone's got a lot of time. So, uh, so that just <laughs> opens up opportunities, you know, um, for deep conversations and um, just sharing. Or, or maybe it's been people just seeing what I'm reading and reading the Bible. I had my, my Luke's Gospel handbook was with me uh, re- well, as I tuned into the live stream. And people were asking, oh, in- interesting, Luke's Gospel um, what's that about? Or um, I've been reading John Mark Comer's Practicing the Way book. I had lots of time to read this amazing book um, and just opened up loads of conversations. I talked about what I was reading um, in that. You know, the good news of Jesus and how he's helped in your life. I'm even more encouraged. It is super relevant and interesting to those who are around us. Um, so, and and when we're in a time of limitation, of of struggle, actually, there's an opportunity to share what God is doing for us, So let's share it. Okay, so we've looked at limitation that comes through circumstances. I want to just check the time, and um, we're okay, uh, and look as well at um, a second thing, which is limitation that we choose. Um, and this is one that's it's distinctly Christian because we see it in Jesus, and we see it in him in a, a bunch of different ways in our passage here this morning. Um, the one I want to actually want to, want to draw out three ways. The first one actually isn't in the passage, but it's just about Jesus in general because Jesus is incarnate. Uh, he is the Son of God. He's God himself who became a human being, who took on the limitation. Hear this from Philippians Chapter 2, it's from one of the very earliest hymns uh, of the church, CCLI number 1. Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross you know before jesus chose in that garden to go to the cross jesus chose to limit himself and become a human being uh, god almighty became a human being he became someone who felt hunger and pain and weariness who needed things who depended on others who had times of discouragement and despair, whose sweat, we read, was like drops of blood falling to the ground. This is a a real thing that can happen uh, when someone is under extreme stress. Jesus experienced these things. Uh, The 4th century bishop and theologian, church leader, Athanasius of Alexandria, one of my heroes in the faith, said this of Jesus. He became what we are, that is, human, so that we might become what he is, that is, godly. He became what we are so that we might become what he is. Praise God that we have a savior like this, one who knows what it's like to be limited and weak um, and who has been through. Uh, Later in the New Testament, Hebrews talks about we don't have a, a high priest who's unable to sympathize with us, but one who's been tested and tempted in every way, yet did not sin. Wow. Jesus chose to limit himself to become as we are, that we might become like God. Second, Jesus is a servant. Let's hop back to near the beginning of The passage when Jesus replies to the disciples, arguing about who who amongst them is the best. Jesus said to them, verse 25. Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles, lord over them. Those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest. And the one who rules like the one who serves. But who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You know, Jesus would have been the worthiest national leader ever. You know, the easiest choice on the ballot in history. And yet he chose to live most of his life in obscurity. He chose to seek out the hurting and the lost. He chose to give attention to all who call on him, even today. And he chose to die in each of our place on the cross for our sin to forgive us, open the way to relationship with God. And if that's the way that Jesus lived and calls us to be apprenticed into as we follow him, how much more so for you and for me, how much more so for us, Uh, As Eleanor mentioned, we're we're celebrating Holy Communion later, and the the children and young people are coming back in to join us. It's a great opportunity for us to practice the greatest being like the youngest. Let's honor these wonderful young people uh, who Jesus honors and um, Jesus serves. The greatest should be like the youngest, so Jesus, he's, he's incarnate, he's a servant, and he's also obedient. Uh, let's hop forward again now, verse 41. This is Jesus in the garden. It says, he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond those who'd come with him to the garden, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. You know, Jesus is honest. He's afraid, but he's also obedient to uh, to his Father's will, God the Father's will and purposes. You know, God is no masochist. Jesus did not enjoy the anguish of the cross, but he did choose it willingly. And when back in Galilee, Jesus told us, well, remember this from when we preached on it, chapter 9, whoever wants to be my disciple needs to deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. He was not exempting himself from that. First of all, he denied himself and took up his cross. Now, for us, we're unlikely, you and I, we're unlikely to face uh, death on account of Jesus, although many Christians in the world do, and we prayed, Jan led us in prayer for Christians in very dangerous countries, places in the world where it is, um, it can be a death sentence to follow Jesus. But we can take up our crosses daily in different ways. It could be in small ways, the, the small daily interactions we have with other people, especially those who are nearest to us, uh, whom other people don't get to see <laughs> the interactions we have with them. It can be in the ways we allow ourselves to be formed in what we spend our attention on and give our lives to. And it can be in the big decisions as well, where we choose to live, what relationships we choose to invest in, uh, what occupations we, uh, we choose to Pursue. Will we follow Jesus' lead? Will will I and you, with me, follow Jesus' lead today to say to God the Father, yet not my will but yours be done? So, uh, we've looked at two kinds, there's two kinds of limitation that we uh, can face. There's those circumstances, things that happen to us, and there's the choices, things that we choose for ourselves. Um, In amongst them, let's be encouraged to allow Jesus to pray for us, be open to receiving and giving blessing in those times, and to live with Jesus' example as our model, him who's incarnate, who's a servant, and is obedient to God. Just um, as we close, I'm going to lead in a time of prayer, um, in terms of the kind of, I might say, That's, this is great, but like, how? What, what's something I can, uh, I can do um, to kind of take these steps or be on the way. Well, I wanted to plug again our Lent book, uh, Practicing the Way, by John Mark Comer. As I said, I've had time to read this and been pondering it um, over the last uh, couple of weeks. It's really great, and it it picks up on this theme, and it's definitely had a role in shaping um, this sermon. Um, You can get it from... The Welcome Desk, we're selling it if we have copies left. Um, there's an audio book, there's a podcast, uh, which is all really great. And um, John Mark Comer is, is really looking at what does it mean to follow Jesus, to be apprenticed to Jesus uh, in the 21st century. When we've got, you know, when our, our lives are, are so kind of embedded in the digital and, um, and different pressures and the kind of globalized world, he speaks really well into this. Um, and a lot of it is about choosing to follow Jesus and choosing that in the big and the small things, to be with him. And we're going to receive Holy Communion just now, to be with Jesus, to become like him, and to do as he did. So, yeah, join me and let me know what you make of it. I would love to chat with you um, about this. Let's have a time um, to pray now. Um, Can I invite you to stand? Um, And we're going to pray. It's a chance to just respond um, before the young people come and join us and we go forward to Holy Communion. Um, So I pray. Holy Spirit, would you be moving amongst us? Lord, we just acknowledge before you in our hearts the areas of limitation and, and weakness and, and struggle um, that perhaps we feel we're, we're in right now um, or something we fear or that we see around us. And we thank you for Jesus. We thank you uh, for, uh, for his incarnation for his servanthood and for his obedience. And we pray, would you grow that in our lives? Another picture that we had just before the service is that someone feels like they're in a really rocky, barren place. It's a difficult place, empty place. uh, And yet the, the word is... that that can become a place of beauty. God wants to make that into a place of beauty. So Lord, would that be true of us? I pray would that be true of our society and our nation? Would you bring the beauty of your truth and your gospel? And would that bear fruit and bear great beauty in our lives and the lives around us? We pray these things in Jesus'
0: name. Amen pass back to Eleanor. Thanks, Andy.